Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Don't try and project your personal taste mm. and your personal opinions too strongly into each deal. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff with us today. Bill Bronchick and Bobby Dolstrom. How you two doing? Great. Doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, you're welcome, both of you. And nice to have you both on the show. Really looking forward to digging in. They are based in Denver, Colorado. They're co-business partners in real estate deals. They co-authored a book called The Business of Flipping Flips. Did I write that down correctly? 
Business of Flipping Homes. Oh, I don't know know how I wrote that down. Uh, You know, I do like the business of flipping flips, though. That's pretty catchy. The Business of Flipping Homes. They co-authored that book. And with that being said, you two want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Wow, that's a long silence. I hope we didn't lose Bill, but I will start then. This is Bobby. And I started investing full-time. I had been a marketing consultant and started investing in real estate full-time back in the mid-90s. And Bill and I met each other and did several projects together and were involved with the group that he founded called the Colorado Association of Real Estate Investors. So over the years, I've done hundreds of flips and had many joint ventures with Bill. And we also wrote another book around 2001 that was a bestseller called Flipping Properties. Great. This is Bill Bronchick. I've been investing since 1992. I've been practicing law as a real estate attorney since 1990. Quickly figured out after about two years of practicing law that it doesn't matter how much you make an hour, it's how much you make an hour when you're not working. So I got quickly into real estate and my clients' deals and soon discovered that the law practice pays the bills, but you get rich in real estate. And I did a lot of deals in pretty much full-time since 1992, weaving in and out of my law practice and the, the association in Colorado. I've done just about every type of deal you can imagine, residential, commercial, flips, wholesales, lease options, just about every type of deal. But Bobby and I fell into a nice little niche together, Flipping Homes. We wrote the bestseller in 2001 called Flipping Homes, and our brand new book is The Business of Flipping Homes, which is a business approach to the real estate strategies. Well, let's talk about a business approach to the real estate strategies of flipping homes. Walk us through the premise of the book. The premise of the book basically is using the certain real estate techniques to run a business. A lot of people do it as a hobby or a part-time thing or really haphazardly. And real estate investing, in my mind, is not like stock market investing. It's not like you throw money at it and wait for something to happen. You have to be active as a participant. And it's like any small business. You got to worry about things like cash flow and marketing and keeping your books and records and so forth. So what we do is we give a blueprint on how to run your investing like a business. Well, let's talk about that. So what are some ways to run your real estate business like an actual business and not a hobby? One of the first things that people need to do is realize it's going to be a time commitment. So there's a lot to learn and you need to surround yourself with other successful people and build a team that you trust you can work with on a repeat basis. And that's kind of the basic place to start. And then you have to go out and start looking for your first deal. And many people get lost in trying to find the perfect deal, which probably doesn't exist. So you need to find one that makes sense. Go with that. Learn from your mistakes, which hopefully we will help you to avoid, and then move on to the next one as you grow. And also, one of the most important things in a business I mentioned earlier is cash flow. You've got to make sure that you have enough money to not only run your business on a daily basis, but to fund the deals you're working on and don't get all your money tied up to the point where everything is hanging on a couple of deals, and if they don't go through, you're broke. So it's like any business, you got to anticipate your expenses and your cash flow needs. And with flipping, how do you look at cash flow? We talk about two types of flipping in the book, wholesaling and retailing. Uh, retailing being the traditional stuff you see on TV, buy, fix, and flip. Wholesaling being more of a short-term deal and selling it to another investor, as is. So wholesaling will bring you short-term income, and the fix and flip will be every three or four months. 
but you have to be able to anticipate your project. So, for example, if you're in the middle of two fix and flips and they went over budget and you're feeding and feeding and then all of a sudden you have to pay other expenses of your business like your phone and your office and all the things like that, you got to make sure that you have enough cash on hand so you don't run out of cash for your deals. So earlier I heard that you want to avoid the mistakes what mistakes have you two come across either personally or through the investors you know that you want to share so that the best ever listeners listening can avoid those mistakes? To continue on our train of thought sort of along the lines of cash flow, let's talk about cash flow mistakes. There's various ways to control a property and then purchase a property. So if you're going out and getting a new loan for it and it's going to be a flip, most likely what you're doing is because flippings become so popular, they're available money that would be considered hard money loans. And those can make sense. You know, you can get in and out quickly. But a lot of times these hard money loans have a little upfront cost, as you'd expect. They also have, however, a high interest rate and usually a balloon payment in six months or so. So you want to be realistic. Most flips that we do, we get it from purchase to ready to sell in, say, three to six weeks. So even with a hard money loan, that would work out. If for some reason you're planning to do an addition or something, or you don't have a crew and just not a seasoned, experienced contractor that can get the work done quickly, and you think it possibly might take longer than that, and it's really not just when you finish, but when you get it sold, then especially just be careful, be aware that that balloon payment's coming, and the carrying cost is much higher than what you might expect for just your traditional home payment. Now, ideally, you'd be able to fund the deal with your own either savings or you might have some money tied up in a retirement account that you utilize, which is a whole different strategy. That's sort of a little more advanced, but also just your own lines of credit. And so even though they have less upfront expense, they are probably going to make sense. It just depends on your state of mind if you're comfortable using your own credit lines and whatnot in this business. So, yeah, I think sometimes people don't realize how long it's going to take and they get their money tied up. And especially, like Bill mentioned, if you're trying to juggle more than one deal, it gets complicated because you're having to get your resources, including yourself, to two different places. It's usually right. better, like in most things, to start slowly, one deal at a time. Right. And just to add to that, a lot of people do get hard money loans for their fix and flips, and they don't realize that, let's say they have a six-month loan, after six months, the interest rate goes into default which means it might step from 12% to 20%. And then all of a sudden it's racking up at 20% while you're trying to get your closing done on the back end. And all of a sudden your profit is eaten up to be nothing or even negative. Even though it only takes a couple of months to get a rehab done and ready for resale, you could have delays, you could have contractor problems, you could have weather, you could have more often than not, you have a buyer that says, yeah, I'll buy. And then a month later, a month and a half later, right before closing, they can't buy. So then you have to put it up and get another buyer. So the six months may seem like a long time, but what I recommend people do is make sure if you've got a loan that's due in six months, you have the right to buy an extra two or three months. Otherwise, you're either getting hit at the default rate of interest or potentially a foreclosure by the lender and you're going to lose the house. Earlier, you'd mentioned building a team you trust. What team members need to be on this team for fix and flippers? Us two. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, an attorney, a contractor, a real estate broker, 
a title or escrow company rep, a good insurance person, an accountant, an inspector, just all the players. And it's not like you have to have every one of them lined up before you make your first offer, but that's one of the things you want to do right up front is start getting your things lined up so that you don't end up having some bad experience because you're just rushing to get something done with someone. What are the best ways to meet the attorney, the contractor, the real estate broker, the title company person, the insurance person, the accountant, and the inspector? Right. Local real well, estate investment groups is one good way. Ask for referrals. And Bob? That's where I was going to start, too. Almost every city has some type of a real estate organization that's sort of a creative thinking, like-minded people type. You get together scenario, they'll meet monthly. You can find those online and sometimes going to some of the seminars, whether they're free seminars or a paid weekend event like I believe we have coming up. Those kind of things are a great place to meet other people and just get a sense of what this flipping is all about. And then also, as you read and learn more about the different people that you're going to need in your group, when you speak to, say, a real estate broker, and I'm a broker, I'm also a contractor, we don't all think alike and we don't all have the same experience. It's not that difficult to become a real estate agent. So you want to start looking for the ones that have worked with investors and ideally own investment properties themselves so they understand what you're trying to accomplish. Meetups are also a good place to find groups. If you go on meetup.com, there's dozens in your town. What is some lessons learned as far as creating a real estate group or meetup? Because Bill, I know you are the co-founder of the Colorado Association of Real Estate Investors, and you did that, you said late 90s, I believe, or early 2000s, mid 90s, and you're still active. What are some tips that you have for someone who wants to do something like that? Well, you've got to be able to have an organized organization that's going to help with maybe get some volunteers in the beginning so you don't have to spend money on employees. Some of these groups are run like a board, like government, and they have a board Mine was run as a benevolent dictatorship and therefore was much more efficient. Just having one person or two people be the point people to run everything and make the decisions. You're going to have to build a mailing list, an email list. You're going to have to find some place that's fairly reasonable but reputable to have your meetings. And most importantly, you just got to make it interesting with the topics. A lot of these groups have speakers who come in and sell things like sell seminars and books and CDs, which is okay. But if they have that every month, you're not getting a lot of information. And one other follow-up question as far as, I know I'm kind of going back in kind of scattered approach, but I was taking notes as you two were talking, and I want to make sure we address all these items. You mentioned earlier, I think Bobby mentioned this, that there will be a time commitment. That's the first thing that you said. For someone looking to get started and going full-time, what type of time commitment should they expect? Well, I think as a minimum, you're probably looking around 10 hours a week. In our previous book, we spent more effort or, you know, gave more emphasis on the idea of wholesaling, which basically you don't necessarily need any money to do. If you go out and identify a property that's a good deal, then with a little effort, you're going to find someone who will definitely take that off of your hands. So the idea as a wholesaler is you'd spend your time looking for bargains, And you're probably not going to find it by just having your real estate broker go out and look for you. I mean, that is one way to identify deals, but it usually is really pounding the pavement and being creative, but it's hard work. So that's going to take some time to go out and find that deal, and then you need to secure it. If you're starting kind of skipping that step and you're willing to work with people that have already found wholesale deals, 
or with real estate brokers or buy foreclosures at the trustee sales, those kind of things, then in some ways it takes less time to find the deal. That's true. But then you still have to manage the actual process of getting it from under contract to closed to then fixing it up and then selling it. And to really be successful, you need to spend time on your education along the way too. So again, even if you're not wholesaling and you just skip that step and you've got the money to do your own deals, it's still going to probably be, let's say, and this isn't a rule of thumb I've said in the past, but Bill, you can chime in. 10 hours or so a week would be a good place to start. If you have more time, we see a lot of people get into flipping that have some money tied up in the stock market and maybe they're empty nesters. Like they still have another career and we don't advise people to go and just leave their existing career, but maybe in addition to that, or if they're sort of semi-retired, they can work their way into the investing at their own, their own pace, if you will. Just to add to that, I would agree 10 hours a week is a good place to start. I think the approach that people need to have is that after they come home from 5 o'clock from their regular job, it's time to do the second job. So treat it, like I said, like a business. You're setting aside two or three hours a day, and that's just your second job for a while. And you're going to have to get your family and friends to understand that and accept that. And at some point, maybe when you get up to 15 or 20 hours a week, you're going to have to decide which job is more important. And if you're doing it right, the job that's more important is going to be the real estate because it's going to make a lot more money. All right, you two, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice ever. My knee-jerk reaction would be make a lot of offers. <laughs> Why is that? You, you don't, you know, well, I think too many people, they dance around it, they look at it, they research it, and then they haven't even made an offer yet. I mean, you can't buy a property from a seller and a good deal until you find out what the seller's problem is. You got to sit down with them and get personal and get them to open up. What's the real reason you're selling? Not because you want to sell the house, but there's some problem attached to that that you need to find and get to the bottom of and then solve that problem and buy the house and you solve their problem, you make money. It's not always price they're looking for. It might be speed, closing quickly. It might be closing later. It might be terms. You just don't know. So make lots of offers, but don't make an offer blind without knowing what the seller's needs are, their personal needs, not the property needs. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I agree. And I would say we're not inventing this one, so I'm not going to count this as my best advice. (laughs) But what really does matter is you have to buy it right. You just can't overpay for a property. So my advice might come in from there is don't take things personally. People get really attached to one potential deal, and they try and make it work. They go backwards and forwards and try and make it work and get all these other people involved when maybe it's just not a deal or maybe it will be a deal in a year. So you can always leave a verbal offer with with a potential seller in a respectful way. Maybe it'll come back to you. And that comes back to really making more offers. But, yeah, people get real caught up also in the renovations where they start doing things the way they would want to do it for their own house. And if I happen to like light blue interiors for my house, which I don't, that would be fine. But I don't want to use that in a flip. So we want to be a little creative and it's most bang for the buck, and that's part of the fun of the business. But don't try and project your personal taste mm. and your personal opinions too strongly into each deal. Love that. You two ready for the best ever lightning round? Go for it. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you 
a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Are you ready to grow and protect your wealth in any market? Join Cashflow Tactics to learn the exact strategies real estate investors can use to maximize returns using whole life insurance as a new banking resource. Visit CashflowTactics.com. That's C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-T-A-C-T-I-S.com. Best ever book you've read? Think and Grow Rich. Best ever deal you've done? Well, I guess we can't alternate. Oh, man. Bill and I were partners on a duplex in Wash Park, which went against the grain of some of our typical, but it worked out real well. We bought half a duplex. You bought half a duplex. Right, but a half a duplex for a hundred grand. Put eighty into it, sold it for two sixty three in eight days cash. How'd you find the buyer? The buyer was easy because it's Wash Park is the most desirable neighborhood in Denver, so that wasn't hard. We put it on the MLS and we had it sold in a minute. We found the seller. The property was in probate. It was vacant for eight years, and it was a disaster. We put twelve hundred square foot half a duplex. We put eighty thousand. That's a lot of work <laughs> for a little half. Yeah, a duplex. we we. But it was a yeah. That's right. We purchased it from another investor who really they were new and it would have been a little too much for them to take on. And as I recall, Bill felt yeah. bad a little bit that we made so much and he paid for a vacation for her in addition to the money we had already yeah. agreed upon for the purchase and whatnot. Nice. Yeah, that was good. And just one other thing I just wanted to mention with that deal. This deal in particular, I mean, was wholesaled from another investor to us, and then we sold it retail, so it was kind of back-to-back. It was a half a duplex, the unit, so there was another side to it, and the other side looked terrible. So we had to actually fix up both sides in front so it matched. Otherwise, it would have looked like the monsters with the the Adams family, <laughs> you know, with one half good and one half bad. <laughs> and did you have to get their approval to do that? Because I imagine they didn't pay for those renovations. You just paid for it to help your investment. We've done that in the past as well. You kind of encouraged the neighbor with their house is dilapidated. Just said, look, we'll do a little renovations while we're here just to help you out too. And it's win-win. It's an awkward conversation. And then after that, it, it usually <laughs> goes just fine. <laughs> what is the biggest mistake you have made on a deal? Well, if, if I stick with deals with Bill, I'll take this one. It might be the time that he verbally told me we had one ready to go. And I got a crew in there over the weekend and then found out that we actually didn't have the deal signed. Um, we had already done all kinds of demolition and emptied the place out, took out some non-bearing walls, that kind of thing. But it worked out. The owner, we didn't luckily lose anything too valuable of theirs or anything like that, and we worked it out. Yeah. If we're talking about the one in Baker District, my biggest mistake was selling at the Bobby for a quick ten grand cash. And then he fixed it up and made the lion's share of profit. I was greedy. I was looking for a new car, and he flashed cash in my face. So I sold it in two days after I had it to Bob, and then he oh, fixed that's it right. several months. Yeah. What is the best place the Best Ever listeners can get in touch with you two? Best way to get me is my website, LegalWiz.com. That's LegalWiz.com. Bob? You can send me an email, Bobby, at Alpenlux.com, which is A-L-P-E-N-L-U-X. Or go to my website at the same domain, just alpenlux.com. And how do you spell that? It's A-L-P-E-N-L-U-X. All right. Bobby and Bill, this has been an educational conversation. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for talking about the best ever advice that you have. 
which is one is make a lot of offers. So don't dance around the property, just make offers. And I love the solve the problem. That really is, I think even resonates with me even more is identify what the seller's problem is and solve that problem. Cause we are dealing with people. We're not dealing with properties. We're in the people business. And then also, Bobby, I think I have your voices down, by the way, at this point. But correct me if I'm wrong. I believe, Bobby, you said, don't project our personal tastes into the deal. I love that. That is a mistake that I have heard a lot of beginning flippers make. And then also, lastly, when you two mentioned paying to renovate the outside of your neighbor's property, in this case, it was a duplex. In other cases, it might be just your neighbor if it looks really bad. And it's a win-win. That certainly is a win-win-win. You win, they win, and the neighbors all win. Everyone wins all the way around. So really interesting stuff. Thank you, too, for being on the show. Hope you have a best-ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you. All right, Joe. You have a great day. Thanks. Are you ready to grow and protect your wealth in any market? Join Cashflow Tactics to learn the exact strategies real estate investors can use to maximize returns using whole life insurance as a new banking resource. Visit CashflowTactics.com. That's C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-T-A-C-T-I-S.com.